Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. WWE's business can be a cold, cold affair. Today's heroes can become yesterday's news and fast, and any lingering sentimentality seems to be totally selective. For every legend given a huge on-screen send-off, there's a hard-working veteran literally sifting through bin bags to find their stuff. For every celebrated Hall of Fame induction, there's a cruel slice of public humiliation lurking just around the corner. I'm Adam Nicholas, this is What Culture Wrestling, and these are 10 wrestlers WWE treated terribly on the way out. Number 10, Mickey James. I mean, what better starting point is there than this? Mickey James blew up social media by posting a picture of what WWE had sent her after terminating her contract on the 15th of April 2021. Basically, they packed her remaining personal items into a trash bag and mailed them off to her. The symbolic nature of this should not be lost on anyone. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon responded by apologising to Mickey, and as a result, WWE have cut ties with Mark Carano, the man blamed behind the incident. After all her years of service to WWE and generally to women's wrestling as a whole, it's the pure coldness of this that seems to have stunned Mickey. She's a veteran who's worked tirelessly across multiple stints with the company and then all of a sudden they cast her to one side and it's basically off you go, you piece of trash. Number 9, Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas was ECW's kingpin and one of the most respected names outside of the WWF or WCW when he signed on the dotted line with the former in late 1995. Typically for the time, Shane was given a hokey gimmick as evil professor Dean Douglas. And yes, it's as bad as it sounds, but so was something else. He was never really made to feel welcome in WWF. The clique reigned supreme behind the scenes back then, and they really didn't like Shane. Douglas has spoken at length in various shoot interviews about how he struggled to get along with everyone from Shawn Michaels to Razor Ramon. That, unfortunately, meant his cards were marked from day one. 
Instead of broaching the problem and sticking by a guy he'd signed, Vince McMahon sided with those self-appointed locker room judges and got rid of Douglas by the end of the year. And to make matters worse, nobody believed that Shane's back injury was legit either, which meant he had to work through the pain or face even more heat. What a great company. Number 8. Luke Harper Vince McMahon is the one true leader of WWE operations, and his decisions are final, so you can imagine how baffled Luke Harper was when Vince told him that his release was a question for somebody else. I mean, literally, who else could that question possibly be for? McMahon was annoyed that Harper had wanted out of his contract to begin with, and he didn't like that the wrestler had attempted to push his intentions through by posting about them publicly on social media. The thing is, this was a last-ditch attempt by a disillusioned worker. Harper felt imprisoned by WWE's system. Later, Triple H told Harper that he could go off to wrestle in New Japan whilst seeing out his WWE contract if he wanted. That, again, was complete and utter bullshit, designed to temporarily placate him. WWE let Brody Lee fester on the sidelines for the most part until December 2019 when he finally left the company. Number 7. Mark Eaton Alright, no, Mark Eaton could never be considered as a proper wrestler. He was, however, one of WWE's longest standing employees. Eaton was WWE's timekeeper for approximately 30 years. Other roles included backstage duties, production work, and of course, the most important duty of all, being that one guy who hurled beer cans at Stone Cold Steve Austin for the majority of the Attitude Days. The man who literally puts the eat in Eaton. But in 2014, quietly, WWE terminated his contract. Did he receive any acclaim whatsoever? Not a thing. Mark was just gone, and that was the end of that. The likes of Jim Ross and Austin paid tribute to their old buddy online, but that was about it. WWE didn't run a piece about Eaton's years of service on their website, and fans haven't heard much about him since. And while you might be thinking this isn't exactly treated terribly, Adam, this doesn't quite fit the list. But let's be honest, would it have killed the company to give Yeaton some sort of spotlight after three decades of service for them? The fact that they couldn't be bothered is actually quite sad. And to be honest, a man who can throw that many cans of beer into Stone Cold Steve Austin's hand with such goddamn accuracy, he deserves a place in the Hall of Fame. Number 6. Jim Johnston If Mark Eaton's dismissal from the company is sad, then this one, well, this is just plain tragic. If you grew up in the 1980s and 1990s, then Jim Johnston penned the soundtrack to your childhood. He was the man responsible for classic entrance themes for Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, The Shield, and countless others over the years. Then, in 2017, it all ended with one brief phone call from the boss. Vince McMahon told Jim that his services were no longer required, and then he just hung up the phone. That's according to a 2018 interview Johnson did with Fightful, left a bad taste in his mouth. He'd been part of the WWE regime for 32 years at that point, and he believed he was due a little more courtesy. Unfortunately, it only gets worse. Jim described his royalty payments as mechanical. Long story short, he only pockets 3.5 cents on the dollar for any sale of his music. Meanwhile, WWE take, or took, things may well have changed in recent years, 70 cents of that same dollar. The remaining 26.5 cents were divided up elsewhere. Well, Vince McMahon might not love you, Jim, but we do. Number 5. Stone Cold Steve Austin In O2, a fried and frankly fed up Austin grew so frustrated with the promotion's creative processes that he decided he'd rather not be there. And he ended up walking out before the 10th of June edition of Raw. And rather than try a friendly solution to get Austin back in the company, WWE decided to kick him while he was down. Vince McMahon appeared on TV to essentially wag his finger at Austin's decision, and announcer Jim Ross was used to suggest that Steve had taken his ball and gone home. It was a real sorry period for WWE, one made even worse when the company stopped selling all of Stone Cold's merchandise or promoting Austin at all. The shocking thing here is that Austin was the biggest star in the industry at that time, and he had been for years, but WWE wanted to send a message that nobody was bigger than the organisation itself. Regrettably, they did this by treating Steve like some over-the-hill hack who couldn't take the pressure anymore. Number 4. Leader 
Lita has made it known before that she wasn't keen on the retirement angle WWE had in mind for her at Survivor Series 2006. The departing legend was happy to lose to Mickey James on pay-per-view, but she didn't think much of the, how do we put this, banter, shall we say, that followed. Crime Time were booked to come out, interrupt the moment, and auction off some of Lita's personal items to the live crowd in Philadelphia. The segment was rudely referred to as a, quote, wholesale, end quote, by the tag team, and Lita was roundly humiliated. Crime Time sold off lingerie and found a pack of Monistat, a cream used to treat vaginal yeast infections, in her bag. This wasn't the way to go out, nor was it the way that Lita deserved to go out, and she knew it. She was super uncool with the idea, and repeatedly tried to get it changed by writers and Vince McMahon in the weeks leading up to the event. But unfortunately, as you can see from these pictures, she was unsuccessful. Number three, Jim Ross. Good old JR is a former WWE employee who was treated terribly for many, many years. One need only read his twin autobiographies to learn all about the times WWE kicked Ross to the curb when they either thought they'd found his successor or just didn't fancy putting him on TV. He's the only name on this list who has been treated so poorly time and time again. JR was fired in January 1994, again later that same year, and again in 2013. That final one came after a WWE 2K14 press event gone wrong. Jim was blamed for failing to control an intoxicated Ric Flair on stage, and some also believed that Ross was intoxicated himself. JR said on his own Grilling JR podcast that he was worn out on company life well before that. In 2011, he barely even wanted to take the trip to Atlanta for WrestleMania 27. He was sick, he was tired, and he was fed up with being treated badly. Number two, Bret Hart. Now, admittedly, there's a bit of a grey area here. Bret Hart played hardball with the WWF title leading up to Survivor Series 1997. He refused to drop the belt to rival Shawn Michaels on pay-per-view, which, and you may have heard of this one, led to the infamous Montreal Screwjob incident and Vince McMahon conspiring with Shawn and others to rip the title away from Hart by any means necessary. Now, of course, that was bad enough, but the WWF didn't have to stick the boot in when Bret was gone. But of course, this is WWE. Why miss the chance to take the piss out of a company icon? 24 hours after the Montreal Screwjob, the company brought out a little person dressed as the Hitman on an episode of Raw, and later would launch the Mr. McMahon character by Vince claiming in an interview, Brett Screw Brett. And number one, with a bullet, CM Punk. CM Punk was tired, broken down, and ready to call it quits when he walked into Vince McMahon's office shortly before the 27th of January 2014 episode of Monday Night Raw. He would end up telling both Vince and Triple H that he was going home, and that was the end of that. Punk wouldn't be seen on WWE programming again until surprisingly popping up on an episode of Backstage in late 2019. McMahon told investors that Punk was on a sabbatical during conference calls in February 2014. The truth is that he decided to check out of pro wrestling for a while and was burned out on WWE's lifestyle. Punk had successfully left the WWE behind, or so it seemed. Then, on his wedding day, WWE decided it would be a good idea to send Punk his termination papers and officially fire him. Imagine how cold and petty of a company you've got to be if you try to deliberately spoil someone's big day by sending them their P45 on their actual wedding day. But hey, maybe you believe WWE's claim that the whole thing was just a complete and utter accident and the timing was nothing but coincidental. Yep, why on earth would you have any reason to question that? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.